do you remember the time when we were uh, leaving improv and going to eat and we had that other like new guy in our class? Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, so have you been around this many women before? Everyone was just kind of like, haha. And then I was like, oh man, that's totally like came off as a bitch thing to say, I guess, when I was thinking about it. But I don't, I don't know. I totally didn't take it this way. I thought it was like on purpose, like a funny little like thing, you know? Yeah, I just, I don't know. It was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, I feel like I've heard people say that before a lot. And so I was like, this will be. A good icebreaker. <laughs> I thought it was. Thank because you. then the rest of the night we were just like, oh yeah, you're here with all these ladies. Yeah, we made a lot of throwbacks to it. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just really bad at small talk and stuff. And Paige was like, it's okay, Jamie, you did really good. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, since I'm bad at small talk, uh, we had uh, brunch this morning. One of our friends, he got his, uh, he got a pedicure, got his toenails painted. And I don't know. I was just like, is that your new hobby? <laughs> Carboy number two. Yeah. Number, wait. Yeah. Number two. You heard it here first. He's getting into nail art. Yes. So if you ever need your nails done, get We're going to start him. getting our toes done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like going. I've never been. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never gotten my toe. Well, no, I got my hands done or hands, (laughs) (laughs) my nails, my fingers done once um, for my sister's Air Force graduation. Oh, but I peeled those suckers off very quickly. Did you do like little airplanes and like? Oh, no, I just got (laughs) an Air Force sister. (laughs) Air Force girl. Um, I think I just got like French tips or whatever. They oh. put those big ass fake ones on that with like the heavy duty glue. Oh man, I bet the those Mississippi nails are extra special. Oh, this was in Texas actually. It oh, was in really? San Antonio. Oh. Yeah, because that's where a lot of the Air Forces oh. stuff in Texas, San Antonio. So they do all the camp boot camp, whatever yeah. things there. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't talk shit on Mississippi since I've never been there, but just like how you describe stuff there. I was just (laughs) picturing like a set of nails, like those bales that you see where they're all like fucked up. Yeah. And there's just like Cajun seasoning on it. (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) And on that note, welcome to Nervous Laughter Podcast. Oh, yes. Welcome. We should have introduced that sooner. I'm Jamie. I'm Alyssa. And we're sitting here with seasoning salt on our nails. Yes. And under them. Yes. Actually, mine look pretty Saving good for right later. Now. Um, and I think before we hop into some of our Everest escapades, so I'll call it today. Uh, I think Alyssa, you had a little bit of a spooky Yes, I had thing. a spooky thing, uh, and I've been saving it to tell you. And then it happened again, and I was like, what the fuck? Am I in Silent Hill and I don't know it or something? But um, I go to the gym early in the morning, so I usually get there. Can you say what time? Because I feel like early Uh, in your context is (laughs) different. (laughs) So I usually get to the gym at like 5 or 5.15, like in that time frame. Yeah. So I'm driving there, you know, in the four o'clock hour, usually it takes me like 15, 20 minutes to get there. So I was going along my merry way one morning and I could tell that there was somebody crossing the street in the distance. Mm-hmm. And so I slowed down, let them cross. And then I see them, you know, walking, they're walking towards me. It was somebody wearing a fucking hospital gown and a mask. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Was it, were you close to a hospital or like? I was trying to think. I do not think so. 
a mask as in like a COVID like a, mask? Or yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, a COVID mask. Oh, okay. Ah. So my first thought is this like some quarantined patient that's escaped yeah. from somewhere. Ah, that's Isn't terrifying. that fucking weird? Like the nearest hospital is probably like by driving 10 minutes. So uh-huh. it would be a very far walk. Damn. So I don't know what the fuck, but that really creeped me out. That's terrifying. Yeah. And like too, cause like that's an early hour. So I feel like too, if yes. they weren't like an escaped patient kind of deal <laughs> that they were like trying to get someone to stop, you know, just like, oh shit, that person's in a hospital gown and shit. Like, oh, like truly, a trick. Yeah, like, oh, mm-hmm. they might need, like, mental health help or something. Like, let me stop and, like, Honestly, help them. Honestly, that didn't even occur like, to me. Stab. I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not one of those dumbasses in a scary movie that's like, let's investigate. Yeah, I'm no, like, no, I that. value my life. Good no. luck, though. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. Um, I almost want to look up and see if there's some Reddit stories like that. Because I know there's oh, the ones where idea. people pretend to be injured. And then people will get out mm. and then they have people like in the surrounding woods and shit just like come out and fucking jump your ass. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty crazy. I'm going to be extra aware. But then this happened probably like a couple weeks ago. And then I was driving to the gym again and I could tell someone was crossing the street. And I kind of feel like it was like a school. They were wearing a school uniform, but I couldn't tell 100% because it was dark and they had black hair but the way like the light and everything hit it it looked like they didn't have a head because oh. their hair was oh, black yeah <laughs> it was fucking scary I'm like why am I seeing all these characters that are because you're going out early in the morning before the sun I, comes yeah, up I know. I'm gonna change my fucking routine and then like every morning when I like physically leave the inside of the house to get to the car. Mm-hmm. I pretty much like sprint to the car because we live in a neighborhood that doesn't have street lights or anything. And it gets like pitch black here. So I'm always scared somebody's going to pop out of the dark and get me even on the way to my car. So I'm already always like on guard. And now I'm seeing these weird things. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Let's get out of Austin. <laughs> no. I feel like if I get any kind of weird illness or anything, it's from that escaped patient. So tell my story. (laughs) It got in through the air vents. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I was thinking when I saw him. I was like, oh my God. It's patient zero. Yeah. (laughs) Did you uh, like look up to see if there's anything like on the news or anything like the past? No. Okay. I need to do that. But. What if I've seen something I'm not supposed to see and I get assassinated? It's good that you run to your car. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, Well, speaking of scary things, I guess. (laughs) um, uh, You know what else is scary? Nuclear devices that have been lost. And I know we've talked about some of these before. Uh, Big Daddy Lane. Yeah, Big Daddy Lane. But did you know that there was a nuclear device that was lost in the Himalayas? Uh, Of course there was. um, I'm assuming by the USA. Yeah, it was from uh, a team, the CIA, and I think they also worked with a... uh, uh, intelligence bureau from india and they had a little team that went together oh speaking of the cia real quick i just want to tell the listeners about the photoshop you did for me (laughs) cia assassinations we had some hail here uh, a couple weeks ago and i have a pink flamingo (laughs) in the front yard and it looked like it got assassinated because there was like a giant hole in its head and I sent it to Jamie and she fucking photoshopped it next to Jackie Kennedy like in the car the people on the grassy knoll we'll have to post that yes. uh, we'll have to post that one on the, on the Instagram yes okay sorry that reminded no, no, me of good. that so um 
Towards the end of 1965, the Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA as we know them. and the, they want you to know them. Yeah. And the intelligence, oh, the Indian Intelligence Bureau joined forces to carry out an espionage mission against China. Oh. Uh, the plan was to bring a plutonium-powered device all the way up in India's second highest peak in the Himalayas, the Nanda Devai. Nailed it. Got um, it. Very good. The equipment weighed in at about 130 pounds, and it said that the Indian team members did not know the nuclear details of the contents uh, they were transporting. So yeah, they didn't <sighs> they didn't know how dangerous this was, but oh, who knows okay, if they actually boy, knew. Just carried up that mountain. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, as the team got closer to the summit, uh, there was a really gnarly blizzard rolling in. And at that moment, they decided that they would have to abandon the mission and return at a later date when it was safer uh, weather conditions. So they nuzzled the device uh, (laughs) and additional equipment into a little crevice that they found to secure it down and stay. (laughs) Um, But uh, when they returned... Uh, to that same spot the following year, they could not find the device. What? Why did they wait a fucking year? Did they have to wait that long for it to defrost? Or? Uh, I guess just like with, uh, you know, they have to get back and then like plan a whole nother oh. uh, mountaineering trip or whatever to like get up there. It would be like, you know, a couple months or a few months or whatever. It sounds and... like a very bad thing to procrastinate doing. Oh, no, I agree a thousand percent. Um, it's like, well, it's fine. We'll get it later. I mean, it's just like a big thing. Just be like, oops. Yeah. Where'd I mean, go? I'm sure that cost an insane amount of money. And they're like, yeah, uh, it'll be there. It's fine. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I it probably would have just been smarter if they just brought it, <laughs> brought it back with them just to know where it is. But, um. So yeah, they went the next year. It wasn't there. Um, they had a. It sounds like they had a couple, a couple of helicopters, kind of also <laughs> trying to aid in the search for it. Um, they couldn't couldn't find it. Still, <laughs> uh, and I think they. Okay, it sounds like they also had another search a couple of years later as well. After they found that it was lost, and that turned up nothing. Um, the leading theory seems to be that it was buried and lost in an aval- avalanche and oh, probably has shit. the longevity of a hundred years. So that plutonium's going to be plutoniuming for a hundred years, just chilling up there in the Alps. <laughs> um, okay. In 1978, the New York Times released a piece that blew the top off the secret. <laughs> uh, Prime Minister. The prime minister at the time uh, said that a joint Indian-American intelligence team had lost a nuclear spy device in the Himalayas 12 years ago. So they waited 12 years to tell the people of the surrounding areas and stuff, you know. Uh, That is fucked up. Like, what if something happened and it blew up or whatever the fuck? Like, they wouldn't know what it was right away. Therefore, they couldn't take action right away. Mm -hmm. I mean... Well, maybe the local government would know, but or even uh, if locals go mountain, I keep mountaineering. <laughs> they go hiking, whatever, up <laughs> that mountain, and just like, oh hey, it's a fucking nuclear device. <laughs> um, as for the aftermath, it sounds like there are uh, two theories that kind of branch from each other. Um, one is that the Indian. Uh, intelligence bureau hiked back up to retrieve the device before the CIA did their retrieval mission. Oh, so, some so people, like this is ours now. Yeah, yeah. Good just, for like, them. They deserve it. Uh, and then a lot of uh, I, I, the thing, the one that most people uh, believe is that uh, it's still up there, and um, uh, due to increased floods and ice calving, which is breaking off of huge chunks of ice. Um, so yeah, there's just been, I guess, kind of natural, more natural disasters. So people think that it might be from that. So like some of these events like that, where it was a, uh, a glacier burst in Rainy and, uh, this Feb, uh, this February, this is from an article in 2021, February, 2021, 
uh, and that uh, killed 50 people and destroyed four villages. What? Yeah. And the official cause, as told by scientists, was that a piece of the glacier fell into the water and triggered massive floods in the area. And according to the report by BBC, the glacier was on a slope that was held up by a massive rock, which had weakened over time due to repeated freezing and melting. Mm. So I guess the theory kind of there is that the um, plutonium device, it's going to be active for 100 years, so it's just kind of melting where it's at, I guess, and just... Uh. Keeps keeps melting and then stuff keeps refreezing and it's fucking up the system. <laughs> um, USA, yeah, USA, yeah. USA. <laughs> um, so a chunk of of ice broke off and slid down uh, the mountain when it reached the floor of the valley. The rocks and snow and sediment had carried it alongside, and it f- uh, fell into a mountain stream, effectively blocking it. And once the water level increased, a surge of water and rubble burst through the dam, causing massive floods. Oh, my god! So that's, like, how that all happened. Um, so, yeah, after the Washington Post article was released in 65 uh, um, about potential pollution of the nuclear waste in the Ganges River, uh, which was heavily used river that flows through India, people use it for all kinds of things. Uh, so while, yes, the Genghis does have its own super bad pollution problems already, mm-hmm. um, there's concerns that there's also, you know, nuclear waste that might be coming from up there and making its way into the into the river, which These is like a people. very important river to, to them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how America fucked up stuff in India. <laughs> I would like to say I'm shocked, but I'm literally not shocked at all. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that for sure. It's, I don't know. I just find myself just being like, why, why, why? <laughs> it just, just throw money away. Like, yeah. oh yeah, here's this like huge nuclear device. I mean, number one, not safe. Mm-hmm. But number two, imagine how much that costs. And they're just like, well, yeah, we'll figure that out later. Like, no, shouldn't that be like priority number one? Like, okay, we got to rearrange some stuff and go get that. Yeah. Like, I feel like they should be trying to figure that out. <laughs> but they're like, eh, lost cause. I mean, affecting us directly. So. We're women. So I'm sure uh, we don't realize how unreasonable we're being. Oh. You know, the. The big men in charge, <laughs> they know best. Yeah. And that's why we keep electing them. Yeah. Yay. And they're all 1,000 years old, too. It's really cool. But you know who would make a great president? Me. The Yeti. <laughs> yeah. I also have a little bit of Yeti spaghetti uh, for you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, but before that, do you have any more questions or anything about the nuclear, the lost nuclear device? <laughs> no, it just makes me want to punch a wall. Yeah. Really. Yeah, me too. Um, it's super fucked up because, you know, there's like, I don't know how close that is to Mount Everest, but, you know, there's that. There's all the trash and the literal human yeah. shit flowing down from Everest. I'm like... Give these people some fucking clean water. Yeah. Like, like that's going to affect people down, you know, downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Shit rolls downhill. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for the Yeti, um, I know that a lot of you guys are probably familiar with the Yeti. Um, but I did get a description uh, that I thought would be fun to read. It is from the Mossgate Primary School. So this is from an elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Children's worksheet in England. Well, I was or what I was going to say was that all I know of the Yeti is from that like claymation with Rudolph and the girlfriend. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's so cute. So that's the only way I know the Yeti. Okay, yeah, Bumble. I think because it was Bumble in the, the movie. Um... So, from this elementary school, (laughs) the Yeti, 
also called the abominable snowman, is an animal said to live in the Himalayan mountain range made of ice. People say they have seen it, but none have ever been caught. Oh. It is supposed to look like an ape that walks upright. Some body parts, said to be of a yeti, are kept in a few monasteries in the area. So what? I guess just a quick ins- insert on that. Um, yetis are kind of like religious figures in uh, oh. to monks and stuff. Okay. That's kind of like what I found in there. So it'll be kind of like, you know, like a kind of like a good luck thing or whatever. Oh. And so they um, actually, I think I have a little bit more of a story of this, but, but yeah, they'll keep like, it's like a sacred yeti body part and they keep it. Um, of course, my brain is just like, are there Yeti peeners available oh, to be seen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have looked that up. <laughs> I'll do a quick look. Um, I do have an interesting story with a, a Yeti body part after after this, though. Sweet. Um, so there, there's no real evidence that it exists, but there have been reports of footprints in the snow, which could have been made by a Yeti. The Yeti has been described as having a white, shaggy fur and a lean, muscular body like an ape. This creature could also live in the Asian mountains near the Himalayan snow line. Stories about the Yeti and similar creatures like Bigfoot suggest that if they are real, they could be in the same or similar species. The Yeti can stand at least six to ten feet tall. Okay. Not as tall as the Bigfoot. Uh, it has been said that the Yeti can weigh in at at least 200 to 400 pounds. Mm. The Yeti is shy. It's like Ben Kissel, but a, (laughs) but a frozen ape. (laughs) The Yeti is shy. Oh, I said. The Yeti is shy, which is why it has never been found. Oh, relatable. It's chosen, Yes. (laughs) In 2010, an unsuccessful exhibition, some hunters found a hairless four-legged creature they said was a Yeti. It was a small hairless cat that lost its hair from a disease. (laughs) And I did look further into that because I was like, oh, this has got to look crazy. But like it just, it just looked like a naked roll mat, mat, (laughs) naked roll Mole rat? Naked mole rat. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I think I've got her. I think it's mole rat. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it was seriously just, it looked like a small naked cat or a tiny bull rat. I don't even know like what they were trying to, to pull with that. Um, so just some fun facts about the Yeti, just a couple. Um, oh, this will kind of explain more of the religious stuff, I guess. Uh, before the 19th century, the Yeti is believed to have been a part of a pre, of pre-Buddhist beliefs of several Himalayan people. People in areas surrounding the Himalayan mountains reportedly, quote, worshipped a glacier being mm. as the as a god of the hunt. And some believed the blood uh, of the Mira god or wild man. Oh, a wild man. <laughs> yeah. You know, our Yeti's a wild boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the blood had been used uh, in certain spiritual ceremonies. Oh, shit. Um, Pretty metal. I'm into it. Yeah. The being... Oh, well, this is even more metal. Just wait. Oh, yeah. The being was... Oh, sorry. That's me misreading. I It says depicted, but I read it as decapitated. So oh. I was like, yeah! <laughs> the being was depicted as an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling swoosh sound. Um <sighs> So yeah, it kind of just sounds like they were describing kind of a caveman kind of uh. thing, but uh but yeah, so uh and then also a little more info I have on that. Um since these earlier sightings, the yeti has weaved itself into Tibetan Buddhism, often mm. as helpers, disciples, and guardians against evil spirits. Uh and signing but if you cited one, uh that meant that you needed to improve yourself. Oh, so I'm like, mom and dad, here's a picture of a Yeti. <laughs> Why'd you send us this postcard of a Yeti? <laughs> just needed to for like 30 years. Or you now. could just dress up in the suit and just like walk through their backyard. 
Um, so I did watch a documentary because I was oh. like, this is going to be like awesome and have so much cool information. Uh, so I watched The Lost Kingdom of the Yeti. Uh, <laughs> in t- name. 2018. This was by Mark Evans, who seems to be kind of a, a big name in the search for the Yeti. Oh. Um, I'll kind of poke through my notes, but honestly, this documentary was a huge disappointment oh. <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of like so I was really into a lot of this stuff when I was a kid uh-huh. and I loved watching like all those mockumentaries that Discovery Channel made uh. and all that stuff so I have fond memories of that and watching it again as an adult I'm just kind of like why are you guys stalling like because <laughs> they're just like Ugh. I made a time work where is it I think it was so at around 20 minutes, they start getting into the mountain action. Because like before it, they're just like, the Yeti is mysterious. And it's just like a whole oh, build up thing. Just killing and just, time. Yeah. Um, but I did learn from that documentary that uh, I think Migu is the way you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what they call the Yeti over there. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. So this guy that was doing... Uh, the documentary. He's a very seasoned climber and he had friends that are seasoned climbers and stuff. And uh, they had some scientists with them and, you know, things like that. Oh, another thing that they used to to stall for time is uh, they went to a um, a fortune teller to like <laughs> before they of did course, their hike okay. up the mountain to like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, oh, I don't think it's going to go well and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, so they had scientists with them. And so it seemed like the scientist, my words are just so bad today. It seems like those scientists were mainly um, collecting samples and stuff oh. along the way, uh, just for, you know, to see what kind of animals and stuff are around. Uh, I think they called this uh, eDNA, environmental DNA. Um, oh, okay. So you could basically get like a... Sw- get a swab or like, you know, something from a stream. And if there's an animal like drinking upstream or whatever, then you would kind of get some of that DNA, I guess. You said drinking upstream, but I heard jerking upstream. (laughs) Get some good DNA off of that. (laughs) (laughs) Salmon, where's the salmon? (laughs) Bear juice. It's like a better Bear Grylls, which I learned recently, Bear Grylls is a thousand, ten thousand percent completely fake. <laughs> oh, I don't really know much. That's like the mountain man dude. Yeah, right? that drinks his own pee and stuff. Oh, um, maybe I'll have to like look more into it. Like I knew yeah. it was like fake, but I didn't know like to the extent of fakeness that it was. Like, um, it was funny because there was like I can't remember where it was, but there's like these huge cracks on the ground, mm-hmm. and the way they do it with like the camera angle it makes it look like it's long and you can't really get across it but it's like oh. in actuality it's only like a 10 foot crack that you can easily just walk around <laughs> i see stuff like that um sorry so back to bear jizz and oh yeah yeah bears jerking off totally good um <laughs> so with these scientists uh i could be kind of wrong on this but i almost felt like a vibe that i'm not saying this guy is like not a scientist at all but I feel like he kind of like tagged along and this was kind of like a side thing that he was kind of doing because mm. like he was trying to talk to the the lady gathering the samples, the scientist lady about like uh, Bigfoot and stuff. And it just, it seemed, it felt kind of Nathan for you ish. It felt like a lot of the people were kind of like, yeah, the Yeti. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big sure. monkey. Yeah, we yeah. don't know what it is. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of just, Felt like that. Um, but, you know, it's kind of cool because a lot of the scientists, I'm kind of curious if it's kind of like a thing in the community. It's like, oh, people are just saying all oh, this shit's the Yeti. Because they were talking about a little more, like, to the scientists were like, oh, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? And I guess um, one of the, like, common leading theories is, like, it's a bear standing up on its back legs, which um, oh. uh, I did find a CNN article uh, that was talking about uh, how some of the DNA studies done on Yeti samples uh, were found to be Himalayan black black bears. 
So that could be the likely thing. Um, so I was right about the bears jerking off, maybe. Yes, yes. They really yeah, are. Yeah. I'm a scientist. Mm. <laughs> All right. Let's go up to the... Go up I'm going to go ahead and explain the rest of this. <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks. I'll just show that. <laughs> uh, and you might say, but Jamie, brown bears and black bears, I thought the Yeti was white. But Jamie, I thought that the Yeti was white. But if the bears are brown and black, what's the deal? Is it the observationalists? Oh, yeah, they jizzed all over themselves. (laughs) Solved. Um, A lot of Yeti sightings that were reported actually are colored like that. Oh. Are actually like brown or something. Yeah. Not pure white. Global warming, too. Like his... The snow melts off the fur. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they found the nuclear device. The fucking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's how the Yeti was created. A bear Mm. found. (laughs) Bear found it. It was like cocaine bear. Yeah. With the nuclear device. Um, But if that was. I mean, uh, clearly you can tell it's not in America, though, because it would already be shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Somebody would have its head mounted on their wall. Like Jeff Bezos or something. (laughs) Um, so, do, do, do. So, about uh, 30 minutes into the documentary, uh, they start taking their first samples, fucking finally, <laughs> like halfway through, and they start <laughs> taking samples. Um, so, yeah, they're doing some of those samples from the stream and stuff, just, you know, seeing what's in the area. And so, obviously, too, this, this DNA, they, they have like a database mm-hmm. of animal DNA. And so, obviously, if you get some DNA that doesn't have a match, then it's potentially an undiscovered species or something. Or the Yeti. Oh, yeah, Yeti. That's the only thing it could be. And uh, so, they do that. And then, the this is where I would maybe recommend watching the documentary because it almost turns into, like, a drama. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> the, the Sherpa that was friends with the guy making the documentary. Um so he's like super seasoned, been up there a bunch of times. He's like a member of like one of the teams that take you up there and stuff oh, like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he got, I don't know exactly what happened, but he couldn't, um, like his oxygen was going really low and he was like passing out and stuff like that. So they were trying to, um, you know, just keep him on oxygen. Uh, but they only had so much oxygen mm-hmm. like left to spare for him and stuff. Which I'm a little confused on because if that was the rest of their oxygen, uh, they still finished the expedition after he got picked up. So maybe that oh. was just added for dramatics. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, then they, um, so they were just, you know, trying to keep him uh, conscious and alive uh, the whole night. And then in the morning, a helicopter uh, came and took him oh. away safely just in the nick of time before all the oxygen ran out. Um, on a string and he was like dangling spinning DJ long line so they started to reach like the area they were interested in so I guess I kind of forgot to mention this in the beginning but they brought along another super seasoned hiker that has been to Everest tons and tons of times and uh, he had gotten a picture of these footprints in the snow way oh. up there um, that he uh, thought were Yeti tracks. So that's why they were interested in this particular area, because they think there was a Yeti there before. So, um, so yeah, they got up to that particular area and uh, they found some like various types of poop along the way and took those for samples. And when they finally got to uh, their, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> they called this area that was their final destination uh, Yeti Central, <laughs> as one of the members called it. Yeti Central. Baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to hear. Some... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I want to hear more about the the poo poo where they. Like, did it show them with the shit? And they're just like, whoa, what kind of poop is this? No, it just kind of showed them, like, come across some. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. What could this be? And then it never gets brought up (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) But I think they found, like, a few different types of poop. 
that looked like it was from different animals. So, um, I really wish they would have gone more into like <laughs> the poop because it's one of the only things they found. Yeah, for real. But, like, like it's not like they have a lot of fucking stuff to go on. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll I'll kind of mention it again later when they okay. like do an analysis at the end. Uh. So, yeah, they got to Yeti Central and everything, uh, but they weren't able to stay up there as long as they wanted to because they had extra time lost uh, from when they were taking uh, care of old boy. Mm-hmm. And so they uh, kind of just spent that whole time just searching for tracks and stuff, basically. Uh, they were able to collect some small, uh, some water samples from a small lake they found. Uh, and on their last day, they found pr- uh, prints just before they had to turn around and leave oh, for the day. Shit. So yeah, how convenient. Uh, so they, yeah, they took a picture of the prints, and uh, I believe they took a sample of it as well. Uh, it seemed like they were a few days old, so it's kind of iffy if anything would return oh. from the sample. Uh, so it took them about three months to uh, process and analyze uh, the samples they collected. Wow! And they had like a fun little party they just went to someone's house and they had the slides up and stuff and they had some had some beers they're having fun (laughs) i want to go to that so bad (laughs) um the uh footprint samples returned back uh in argali which is the biggest wild mountain sheep okay Uh, and they didn't they actually didn't know that it it existed in Bataan. so it's like Cool discovery. We found out this huge mountain goat lives here. I mean, like, goats and sheeps, they're a hooved, 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 hooved (laughs) animal. So I'm like, how would you confuse it? Because if uh, (laughs) Yeti is like an ape, they have more of like a human human foot. foot. Yeah. Hmm. Grasping at straws there, but. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And to think, to think back on it, I don't think the documentary i don't think they really showed the prints Mm -hmm. so maybe they just like saw them and they were like well we'll just get what Uh, we can we're here Um, we might as well so i don't know maybe they were just overzealous and like it's big fun (laughs) um uh the water analysis that they took from the the lake they found up there in yeti central uh it showed a 99 percent match to a human but there is no exact creature mm. that matched in the database. Okay, so interesting, okay. interesting. interesting. Um, but that was like the only like interesting kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they're not sure what it is. But yeah, their leading theory is it's some sort of a large ape. Makes sense. Um, they basically haven't proved it, but they were able to identify that the largest sheep have been living there unknowingly. And the evidence of other animals living up there. So it could really almost be anything at this point. Um, and, you know, they didn't talk about any of the poop analysis at all. And I'm not <sighs> sure it. why. And that's like what I was looking forward to the most. Because I'm like, okay, that's that's straight up shit. Like yeah, you can identify yeah. <laughs> what that is for sure. But I kind of hope it was just like human shit. And they're like, okay, we can't talk <laughs> about this on the documentary. Maybe. It's too yeah, embarrassing. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> oh, and one of my favorite lines from the movie was, uh, one of the hikers said this like super dramatically, <laughs> um, quote, the God of mountaineering history. Has a lot of blood on his hands. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so overall, um, it's basically just kind of like a buildup kind of to thing. Nothing. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I remember watching that stuff as a kid and I was just like, oh, this is it. This is it. You know, like they found the Yeti yeah. or like you were going to get there. I'm I can't seeing wait for it here end. first. Yeah. <laughs> So the yes, my inner child was a little upset, but uh, you know that's all all in good fun. What I remember the first time I heard about the Fiji mermaid, and yes. I may have like seen something like that on Discovery, and then when they showed it, I was like, "It's so ugly." <laughs> Because I love the Little Mermaid, so oh, I guess I thought for some yeah. reason a Fiji mermaid would be pretty. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I think I saw the Fiji mermaid for the first time on X-Files. Oh, nice. And I was like, whoa, I got, 
not like extremely into it, but I got pretty it's into pretty it from sweet. there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think I I did see one at uh I went to like <laughs> so in Mississippi they still have some different like uh carnivals and shit that pass through and some oh, of them oh, have oh, like man. the sideshow kind of. <laughs> I want to go to that so bad. So yeah, some of them have like you know the oddities things and like the freak show, which is just like. It's so cringy because I remember me and my friend went through it and there was one that's like, this lady has, the snake has the head of a lady. Um, and it's just like a lady with her head like popped through a thing and like, uh, she was just like pissed. She was like sounds amazing. yelling at everybody that was like <laughs> passing through. She's smoking a cigarette <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a fucking snake, okay? Shut yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> Don't make me bite you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll turn into like a redneck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was also like, um, it was like the world's smallest lady. And we walked through and it was just like a, a tiny lady, like a, a midget, like oh, huh. on a couch eating a cup of ice. And I was like, <laughs> this is just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> It gets hot in Mississippi on those days. You gotta have some ice. <laughs> oh my god! You know, I was actually gonna ask you when you started talking about like a freak show because I know you know they used to have people with different disabilities, and mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if Mississippi still has that. Like, let's all gawk at this person with <laughs> we like sure do <laughs> with like that. Uh, what is it, polydactyly, where it's like extra oh, fingers yeah. or like. When they're fused together, I can't remember what that's called. I'm like, no, surely they don't have that. You're like, yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the, I think it was the lobster man. Mm-hmm. And he like abused his wife hardcore yeah, and like killed Grady people. something. Yeah. We'll that, have to talk about that. Yeah, that was crazy. That's a fucking weird story. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch um, the American Horror Story season of Freak Show? Uh-uh. So they had that character on there and one of the things that he did to make extra money, these housewives would have a little party and basically like they would go in one of their bedrooms and he would like take turns like fingering them with his weird lobster <laughs> I don't think that's like a party I want to have with my friends. Like, like you go, your turn. How was it? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I don't want to do that either. Okay. Sorry. Mississippi no, freak no, show no. carnival. Um, oh, that was, that was it on that. Uh, the Fiji um, mermaid and whatnot. Love me a Fiji mermaid. Um, so there was a Yeti memo that got released in 1959. Oh. Uh, that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, do, do, do. Let me read it. Okay. Regulations covering mountain climbing expeditions in Nepal relating to, to Yeti. There are, at present, three regulations applicable only to expeditions searching for the Yeti in Nepal. These regulations are to be observed in addition to the 15 clauses as listed in mountaineering and scientific expeditions in Nepal, which I'm sorry, I don't have those 15 clauses <laughs> with me Damn right it. now. <laughs> um, the three regulations are as follows. Indian currency will have to be paid to His Majesty's government of Nepal for a mm. permit to carry out an expedition in search of the Yeti. So you have to pay extra if you want to, if that's your intent. Um, so that was like, it's like a thousand bucks. Um, back then yeah it was like a million dollars and in case uh, the Yeti uh, is traced it can be photographed or caught alive but it must not be killed or shot at except an emergency arising out of self defense all photographs taken of the animal the creature itself if captured alive or dead must be surrendered to the government of Nepal at the earliest time. News and reports throwing light on the actual existence of the creature must be submitted to the government of Nepal as soon as possible as as they are available and must not be put in any way be given out of the press of reports for publicity without the permission of the government of Nepal. So don't release it to the press without, you know, letting the government know. So yeah, I just thought that was kind of a 
interesting kind of a fun little thing you know mm-hmm. they had to put out like a like a official memo regarding yeti hunting why does my brain just go to like alex jones style i'm like oh it has to get approved by the government <laughs> what are they hiding <laughs> they're making the yetis gay the freaking yetis. <laughs> <laughs> That's like what they got in the water sample from the lake. They were like, gay? Yeah, so that was it for the, the little memo. And I mentioned yes. earlier that I have a little bit of a Yeti body part story. So I have uh, a little story regarding a Yeti finger. Uh, so I only referenced uh, BBC for the story. Um, in 2008, uh, the Royal College of Surgeons, Hunterian Museum in London came across an item. Uh, so they were like going through a bunch of this dude's stuff. He was a primatologist, Professor, professor William Osmond Hill. So they were going through all of his old shit that they had sitting in there for a long time. And they came across a item recorded as a Yeti's finger. Oh. So they're like, oh, snap. Uh, what is this nine centimeter long, two centimeter wide, uh, curled at the curled in black at the end with a long nail? What is this? Uh, according to the notes in the box, it was taken from the hand of a Yeti and it was listed as Pang Bosch Temple in Nepal. I'm probably butchered that. I'm so sorry. Uh, and this is a story from the BBC journalist. I just went ahead and just kind of copied it just because I feel like a. if I try to alter it, it's not going to be as good. Uh, you have you want to jump in with anything before I take off? <laughs> I feel like it's some kind of dick, but a good guess. Good guess. Or tail, maybe. But you said it has a nail on it. Yeah, so. like a. Yeah. Hmm. I'm um, not sure. So Professor Hill's notes recorded that the finger had been brought to him by Peter Byrne, Byrne, a former explorer and mountaineer. Uh, So he's about 85 and uh, was in the United States when this was discovered. Uh, He recently and then he went to London to meet him. So he did indeed bring the Yeti's finger to London. He explained his story began in 1958 when he was a member of an expedition sent to the Himalayas to look for evidence of the legendary abominable snowman. Mm. We found ourselves one day camped at a temple called Pangbosh, uh, he told me. The temple had a number of Sherpa custodians. I heard one of them speaking Nepalese, Nipples. I don't know. Nipples. <laughs> nipples. He the was nipple speaking language. nipples, which, which I speak, which I... I also speak. You're fluent? Yes. <laughs> Nepalese. <laughs> he told me that they had in the temple the hand of a Yeti, which had been there for many years. So it's like I was mentioning earlier, like, you know, they keep Keeping that stuff because it it's religious, like, uh, importance. It looked like a large human hand. It was covered in with crusted black broken skin. It was only, or sorry, it was very oily from the candles Ew. and the oil lamps in the temple. The fingers were hooked and curled. Returning to London, Mr. Byron, Byron, <laughs> Byron. Please do it every time you say Mr. his name. <laughs> Mr. Byron found himself <laughs> repeating the story to Professor Hill in a restaurant. Wait, who is this again? Can you say his name again? Byron. <laughs> Uh, so they met up at a restaurant at a zoo well it says restaurant at regent's park zoo which i assume is at a zoo and it's which is funny because i remember zoo restaurants being really shitty so it's just like corn dogs and stuff (laughs) they're sitting there over like shitty pizza and corn dogs like yep it's a yeti finger mr (laughs) burn Um, and so they also had uh, another guy there that does mountain shit 
Um, What's his name? Uh, Tom Slick. (laughs) (laughs) So Professor Hill said, you've got to get this hand. We've got to see it. We want to examine it. Uh, But I had already asked, and I being uh, (laughs) the other guy. Slick? No. The... Okay, sorry, the context isn't great here in my notes. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying um, picturing all these men eating corn dogs. In the <laughs> yeah, it's a very important scientific fun. work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I had already asked the llamas there if I could have the hand, and they said no. It would bring bad luck and disaster Uh-oh. to the temple if it was taken away. These corn dogs are going to be poisoned. But what that do you eating. think they did? <laughs> Of course, what uh, people, wait, what these are good people American from the, would do. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm like, okay, they're from the United States, yeah. so they're going to take it. I think mm-hmm. it's like one American, one guy from England, and then I can't remember what else. Um, so Professor Hill and Mr. Slick asked Mr. Byrne <laughs> to, to go back <laughs> and at least try to get one finger with permission from the temple's custodians. The plan was, oh, which I guess they said no, because the plan was to replace the missing finger with a human finger. <laughs> what? Where are they getting that? I don't fucking know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I guess they, um, I think they're like, uh, I don't know. They're scientists and doctors. They've, they got access yeah, to stuff. <laughs> um, so Professor Hill then brought out a brown paper bag and tipped out a human hand onto the table. Mm. Where the fuck did he get it? I don't know. It was several months old and dried. I never asked him where he got it from, which I'm so fucking curious. Minor detail. (laughs) Probably very illegally obtained. I like how they just skim over that. Yeah, it's not a big deal. There was a human hand, you know, we gave the hand, we put a corn dog in the hand of the (laughs) human hand. We all sat there. I kind of want that as a statue now, like a hand holding a corn dog. (laughs) Um, So returning to the temple, he gave a donation in return for the finger and then wired the human finger onto the relic. And so when they say that, I assume he did that personally. I don't think he probably did not have any permission from anyone in the temple to do this. (laughs) Um. Mr. Slick helped ensure the finger would reach London safely with the help of his friend, a Hollywood actor, James Stewart, and his wife, Gloria. Uh, James Stewart, I can't remember what all he played in, but he played in like Vertigo and stuff. I think that's the only thing I saw that he played in. They were met in the Grand Hotel in Kolkata, said Mr. (laughs) Byrne. They were a little bit worried about customs, so Gloria hid it in her lingeries. Oh. in her, lingerie, her lingerie case and they got you know, out of India how, with no trouble. How we all have a lingerie case. That <laughs> yeah, you just, a whole uh, fucking case for that. <laughs> uh, because, you know, of course, like, uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, A few days later, a customs official returned uh, the case to the Hollywood couple, reassuring Gloria that the British customs officer would never open a lady's lingerie case. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Since when are men not perverts? He probably looked through it and then he was like, what the fuck is this? I'm not getting involved. Let me just suck it back in there. Um, And DNA testing was later conducted on this finger and it was found to be human. So, yeah, just kind of an interesting story of stealing something of religious importance from someone and then letting uh, a famous actor's wife smuggle it to America Mm -hmm. through her lingerie case. (laughs) At least it's not her vagina. That was my first thought when you were saying. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, they didn't have x-ray shit back then. Uh, This was pre-9-11. You could bring anything. (laughs) This is also pre-Blowfly Girl. So it's kind of like. True. True. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Blowfly Girl probably loved that story. Um, So, yeah. Any thoughts on that one? Uh, my favorite part is the zoo cafeteria with <laughs> Mr. Bow. <laughs> I wonder if that's where he dumped the human hand out to. He's just like, I hope so. 
Here we go. <laughs> um, maybe he got it from the zoo cafeteria. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it was like a hand that got bit off by an alligator or something. Oh, and they're like, yeah. I like how you said alligator. I was thinking just like tiger or something. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically an alligator. And then they were like, "Oh, fuck it, we're just gonna ground it into corn dogs and serve it to these dumb idiots." It's fried. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I've eaten a corn dog before that had a little hand in it. I mean. <laughs> A little you finger, a little Yeti finger. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's in the corn dogs. I mean, they're still really good, though. I've not had a corn dog in a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Very long. I just don't. I don't like the breading on it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's my favorite part. And then, like the little part that's on the stick, I love that. Oh, the part just that gets kind of hard. Yes, yeah. delicious. But I don't know. Maybe I'll have a try a corn dog again, just because it's. That was Sonic one of those childhood down things. The road. Oh shoot! Get your corn dog at Sonic. But I gotta get me a chili dog when I go to Sonic. <laughs> True. Um, and the last thing I have for us in this spaghetti of Yeti is uh, some Yeti smut titles. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I have it pulled. My Google search pulled up to see if they've ever found a Yeti penis. Oh. Um, Did you find anything? <laughs> so I searched Yeti penis. There is some fan art. Oh, okay. Beautiful. <laughs> There's a hand-drawn Yeti with a boner. Oh, I mean, he's on Everest. That's true. I mean, I mean that's you get true. random boners up there. Uh, but the first search result that comes up is an Urban Dictionary listing for Yeti cock. Oh, and that is a dick that is big and extremely hairy that it looks like the dong of an abom- abominable snowman. And the example, the sentence example is Rick's Yeti cock looks like something from the ice. <laughs> but I don't see anything about the actual Yeti's penis. So, okay. Uh, lots of bumper stickers that say I heart penis, but <laughs> nothing that we're nothing like, about Yeti penis being found. Yeah, I want to see like a preserved yeah, Yeti dick. in a museum. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably some sex toys that might be. Themed, oh, I bet you're right. Uh, in that way, I could be totally wrong though, but I I've feel like getting, it exists. Like, I'm sure. I've been getting some ads on TikTok lately for like. A fucking like tentacle dildo. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you think I would Have want you been this? watching hentai or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so it's just random. I don't watch smut on TikTok, but I don't know. <laughs> I watch it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, yeah, YouTube and the dark web, but. I actually learned that a lot of people have basically been putting like porn on YouTube because you can put like an education thing with it. So they're like, yep. this is educational yoga mm-hmm. and it's like naked. <laughs> I've heard that too. Or you can like do it in different artistic ways. Like I've heard of people doing it like kind of like a mirror image. Mm-hmm. So there's like people fucking, but then there's like another, like a mirror oh, image God. of them. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah, I think one guy did a uh, how to nair your butthole, <laughs> and it's just like a lot of butthole. <laughs> uh, but speaking of all this sexy, smut, smut, sexy smut. smut videos, um, let's get into this Yeti smut. So the first one I found is called Snowed In with the Yeti Oh, by Bridget Finn. You don't tell me what I want. I tell you what I want. No man has ever been enough for Lana. Society breaking down was enough to convince her to swear them off for good. She's better on her own anyway. That is, until a seven-foot-tall snow monster saves her life and carries her back to his castle, caveman style. Hell yeah. Maybe she doesn't have to be alone after all. Maybe Maybe. she just needs a monster of her very own. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Would you read it? Beautiful. (laughs) Yes. Great job, Bridget. And then we have Seduced by Bigfoot 
and ravaged by the Yeti, the secret adventure of a fertile housewife (laughs) 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 by Eva Rocher Pose. (laughs) Um, Five furry stars for the super smutty story of two dirty old monsters having their way with a bored little housewife. (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) Uh, Betty Bradford. Bradford? Betty. I'll just say Betty. Betty was a typical small town housewife in rural Vermont until one day a beast from deep within the forest smelled how fertile and desperate she was. (laughs) (laughs) Eager to leave her dull life and more than eager and willing to serve, she accepted being owned by Bigfoot and regarded as a as his human slave until one day a yeti appears and steals her away what will the yeti do with betty will bigfoot seek revenge will betty become pregnant with the beast's child and i feel like she probably will probably this is volume one. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> of a very dirty, erotic, thrilling, and explicit series exploring Betty's new life being owned by beasts. I like that one. And I have yeah. two more. Oh, were you gonna say something? Oh no, I was just gonna say I feel like that one's gonna be my favorite. Just how much you talk about how fertile she is. Yeah. Like <laughs> I love being fertile. <laughs> Uh, Kept Warm by a Yeti, a monster erotic short story by May Kara. Mm-hmm. Lost in the mountains in autumn, Ellery finds shelter in a cave only to discover that it's not uninhabited. Oh. Cold and alone, she finds herself in the company of an enormous Yeti who is, seems fascinated by her. But what happens when Ellery pretends to be asleep and vulnerable in front of the mountain monster? Hmm. That's where it ends. So you'll have to read to find out. <laughs> I think I have an idea. <laughs> She's going to be owned by the Yeti. And then the last one I got is called Saved by the Yeti by Lilith Liana. Evelyn thinks her life is over when she gets trapped in the snow on her company ski trip. She she gets saved by a massive white creature, and the moment she wakes up, the only thing she can think about is thanking her rescuer in any way she can. Oh, okay, yeah. Jen's the Yeti. Maybe I mispasted that. Jin's the Yeti saved the cute little human female trying to do the right thing. When she wakes up and rubs herself all over him, he can't resist the urge to breed her. Uh. (laughs) And I have a small excerpt from that one. More, I moaned. (laughs) I can't can't read sexy, but you know. More. (laughs) More. 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 I just keep thinking of like serving up on a platter at like a buffet. (laughs) Fill me. Take me. Fuck me. Breed me. (laughs) Um, God, I just hate the breed me. It reminds me of like those like cattle things where it's like he inseminated me. Um, I knew that last one. Oh, I knew that that last one would tip him over. No monster could ignore its primal need to breed a female. He cursed roughly behind me and the grip on my hip tightened. I knew I was going to get a bruise from it and I loved it marking me as his. You, you want me to fill you with my seed? Oh, breed gross. Yeti babies in you? He grunted low and almost angry. Yes, yes. I screamed <laughs> out in joy. And that's all. All I got. Beautiful. And the reading really took it to the next <laughs> more. More. <laughs> well, we will have more for you guys next week. Not on Everest anymore. So if you, if you didn't like this little series. Why do you not like cool stuff? First yeah. of all, but we'll be moving on. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys liked that. Um, 
eat your corn dogs. Yes. Like all I can think of right now is corn dogs. <laughs> if you find any preserved Yeti penises that you want us to see, yeah. please feel free to send them. Or if you have any, you know, interesting Yeti information or stories that I didn't cover. If you've been Mount bred Everest. by a Yeti, we would love to hear about it. <laughs> if you wrote a romance novel, we would love to read it. Yes, please. It doesn't even have to be a Yeti, just anything. Especially if it's one that you wrote as a young person, because they're <laughs> very funny. Yes. Um, I need to find more stuff like the Jack Tush. Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I drugged them all. They're sleeping. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, um, Fatheads, thank you for listening. And um, thank you for joining us. Oh, remember to follow us on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, all that jazz. Rate us, review us. We'll be so happy if you do. Mm-hmm. Mr. Baum would yeah. be proud. <laughs> yes. Especially proud. Uh, all right. Party on. Party. This is a motherfucking test. Motherfucking test, bitch. Motherfucking test. Got kitties everywhere. Kitties everywhere. Looking pretty kitties. <laughs> She's looking at lots of flair. <laughs> <laughs>